We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Forget you've got to relearn every time we start. <laughs> I know we have too much time off in between, although this this was a normal uh, turnaround gap, right? Yeah. It was only only two it, weeks. It was. I. It was only two. Yep. I think so. Oh, I was thinking like longer. It felt longer. Yeah. I mean, I uh, miss I mean, you guys a lot. Yeah. yeah. I was Anytime just thinking. You can uh, hang out with me, it feels long. Right. I was thinking that uh, I don't have anything to talk about, but then I realized that because uh, it's been two weeks, we haven't talked about Soto or Otani. So yeah, a, a nope. lot has happened. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, forgot. A lot has not happened. And uh, Matt and I were just talking about Yamamoto. We were like, when it's. When, like how 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 much longer does he need? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what I didn't Jeff Passan just post yesterday that the money hadn't even started yet. That like the yep. teams weren't allowed to even make their monetary offers until yesterday. So yeah, they had they hadn't started until two days ago. I think. Yeah, I think they were just doing their like overall pitches beforehand about like our this is what our how our organization works and we want you to join it or whatever. But like he, I think it was Yamamoto's re- request. Right. If I'm remembering correctly, Matt, I think it was his request. Like, we don't want to hear about money yet. Uh, yep. uh, what? Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But uh, it's what? fascinating. I mean, I, I well, I guess there were some people speculating he that it could go as high as 300 mil. That remains to be seen. But yeah. even 200 mil for for uh, for a pitcher coming out of Japan. Um, I mean, the hype is the hype is fucking real with this guy. It's it's going to be exciting to uh, to see him. Mm hmm. He's got to be the most hyped Japanese pitcher since uh, what's his face for the Red Sox, right? Um, uh, oh, Daisuke? What was, yeah, Daisuke Matsuzaka. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, um, I saw a thing literally just a couple hours ago. There was a, a graphic that somebody shared, and and I didn't verify the stats, but um, I'm a, I, I'm just assuming it was from a base like a reputable baseball page, um, and it was showing uh, Yamamoto's numbers. In a, he pitched 164 innings last season, right? And it showed his numbers, like his his main numbers, and then it showed like every other like Japanese pitcher, like a uh, starter who threw 164 innings or whatever. And the comparison, I gotta say, uh, kind of reminded me of of prime Pedro versus the rest of the league, at least in terms of ERA. Like Yamamoto's ERA last year was like 1.21 and the rest of the league was like 3.28 or something. The strikeouts, that was not as drastic as Pedro. Um, he doesn't strike out as many as, as pa- Prime Pedro did. But just that ERA gap, I was like, wow, this guy is like, seems to be head and shoulders, you know, above. And so I I, I wonder if he's going to be, you know, 
not like the Otani of pitchers because Otani's Otani, but like if he might be the type of guy who is better than Matsuzaka, who is better than uh, Tanaka, right? Like those guys were both really solid and like, re- you know, good. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. if Yamamoto, if he might be like somebody who's literally top three Cy Young finisher, like his first season, like it seems like he could, he could do that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the, the baseball barbercast boys, uh, Jordan Schusterman and Jake Mintz were talking on Monday's podcast about, you know, even, even if you're like going back to Tanaka and Dice K and evaluations and like how you can you know, determine how good someone's actually going to be. And like the data that we have now with, with Statcast and everything suggests that he is like, he is up there with, I, I'm not saying he's Garrett Cole, but like, yeah, you know, he he's up there with like the top echelon. Yeah, um, in terms of spin rate and control and right. you know, all these different things. And so, he's only twenty five, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, he's only twenty five and everything. So I'd imagine that's it, it. It's an indicator that he could be very successful, and I think that's why people are willing to go to that two fifty three hundred mil number. But you, know, you never know; it's still a big adjustment and everything. But I mean, I. I'm excited. Regardless of where he ends up, I, I think it'll be really exciting. But I, I can yeah. remember, I don't know how invested you guys were at the time, but when Tanaka came to the Yanks, I, I don't know if it was, <laughs> I think it was a combination of, okay, we're striking back for the Dice K, uh, but also Tanaka came, if I remember correctly, it was the 2013 season. And as we all know, though, those were some horrific <laughs> uh, teams. So, um, you know, looking forward to watching the Yankees every night, Tanaka was like the thing and he was so good. Like, I don't know if like either one of you can pull it up really quickly. He got hurt that first season. Um, was it Tommy John? I can't remember, but he got Tanaka, hurt. You mean? Yeah. 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 At some point, but before that, like he was pitching lights out. Like he was so good going deep into games and everything. And I can't remember a pitcher, you know, even with having Garrett Cole on the Yankees, but like somebody I watch on a regular basis, I couldn't remember a pitcher that I got so excited about watching and that his stuff was so nasty and everything. And Tanaka was obviously still very, very good pitcher when he came back from the injury, but I don't think he was ever as good as he was prior to that injury. The first yeah. year. So, yeah. You're right. So, in 2014. Three, three complete games, a shutout 14. out of just 20 starts, uh, 2.77 ERA and a 138 ERA plus. Yeah, wow. he was really season. good that year. And then he was he was very good again in 2016. Those those are probably his two best years, just from a quick look. When did he finish up with the Yanks? 2020. 2020. Oh, wow. Only through 48 wow. innings that year, though. Just ten well, games, I mean, but I guess yeah, was, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, ten ten games yeah. in a sixty-two games. Where how was it? 60? 60. 60. Yeah, yeah. Wow, he was only thirty-one that year. Did he just like yep. go back to Japan and keep playing, or did he straight up retire? Do you guys remember? He wanted to keep Wait, playing you... for the Yankees, and we didn't sign him, so he went back to Japan for a, a year or two. Wow. Wait, he was only thirty-one. He was thirty-one in his twenty twenty in twenty twenty season. So he had the injury so, his first season, and then he partially tore his UCL right. again. Yeah, he kind of had an Otani. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I mean, I believe he said I'm playing for the Yankees or I'm going back to Japan. Okay, I don't remember, I remember sounds, that. It sounds familiar. Yeah. And by the what, way, what? sorry, no good. So how old was he? I can't do that math that quickly in my head. How old was he in 2014? First 25. year he was 25. 
So he was the same age wow. as what Yamamoto okay. will be. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! And uh, and uh, just since we had brought up Dice K, because I I remember he was really highly hyped as well. I don't know if it was injuries, but I'm looking at his numbers, and as far as I'm concerned, he's got to be considered a bust. I mean, he yeah, no, he he didn't turn out right. Yeah, yeah, he was he was uh, really good his second year, and he was okay his first year, but after that, he was not good. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but. Yeah, I think I think Tanaka was largely considered one of the better Japanese I pitchers who came over because yeah. you know Rabu was terrible. Yeah. Um, Nomo was you know, solid. No, Nomo, Nomo had, had his here, moments. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, th- those two were in the mid to early nineties, and I think there was like a big lull because Nomo kind of flamed out. Rabu never got going, you know, with the Yanks. So I think a lot of teams were hesitant to even go there, and then. Um, yeah, I don't know what what it was if teams were just more um or, or yeah, I mean, more tolerant of, let's be of honest. Let's be honest. Whatnot. The the greatest all time Japanese import player, Kayagawa. My boy. I, knew it. You knew, I was wondering if, if either of you knew where I was going. Yeah, he had a negative point oh, five God. career war in uh in uh, how many innings did he throw in his career? Uh seventy one point two innings in his yeah, career. But I've joked but, but I've joked had... before He's lived in Scranton longer than I have in my life. <laughs> Remember, uh, though, he had he had one of the best performances ever coming out of the bullpen. I think it was when was it when Karstens got his shin shattered, and Agawa oh, came Jeff in out of the Carstens. bullpen. Yeah, wow. And and like basically pitched like shutout ball for nine innings. I don't remember this. Okay. No, 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 no. It was just like a late August game, but, it was, oh, okay. but I remember he like well for, for one game he played well. For one yeah. game. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, gosh, that was let such see, a horrible signing. Let me see if I can I can find that because was I'm he curious. like a revenge signing because or revenge? Was he like a reaction signing to something else? I can't remember. He, he was signed the same year that uh, Dice K was, I believe. He was okay. I, I thought that maybe that's what it was. Was he? I thought I thought Dice K was like twenty ten eleven or so. Nah, Dice K's first year was oh seven. Yeah. Okay. I remember. So then, I remember. Yeah. He was the other mark pitcher on the market, and it was not not good. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Okay, uh-uh. Game law. I mean, even even hitters. I mean, I was just looking yesterday. Uh, I don't know why Matsui showed up in my feed for something, but I think I, I saw obviously each, each row is uh, yeah the the the, the go the goat. as far as I'm oh, concerned. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. You know, just just incredible. But then, uh, Matsui, you know, had a had a decent career. Oh, yeah, somebody somebody, really somebody tweeted out, yeah, somebody tweeted out a, a video of his first homer and his last homer. I saw. I had forgotten. Yeah, I'd forgotten that he was on the Rays, so I looked yep. up his stats, you know, just to see what what he did after his Yankee days and and everything. But Oakland I was like, too, for a year. Yep. Yeah, Oakland, Anaheim, or Los Angeles, whatever they they call themselves. Oh yeah, that's the right, Kinos the Angels organization. Yep. 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 But I'm trying to think between you know him and Ichiro. Who else was a solid hitter before Shohei? Uh, like Japanese specifically. Japanese, yeah. I feel like there's got to be somebody before Ichiro, but or or around the same time. But I can't remember. I can't think of of any off the top of my head. We're probably we're probably missing like some obvious ones. It's going to be like really embarrassing. Um. I mean, I, I keep thinking of that guy on the Rays, but he wasn't. He was just a Yankee killer, right? 
Uh, Jimin Choi? Yeah. Yeah, he's Korean. <laughs> no, Korean. Oh, okay. So not even, yeah. Um, well, Matt, remember, you he also game? played for the Yankees. Oh, Jimin right, Choi yeah. did? Yeah. God, I have we had no him for like four games. I have no memory. Yep. Okay, four games. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, did you find that game that a guy went through? Um, no, and I, so now I'm wondering how much did I did I guess? Let you guys all. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just made it up in his head. Yeah, that's he right. Have, have his have had one good moment. Kaz Matsui, I, I can't remember. He was a decent uh, player, yeah. but I can't remember if he was much a, of a hitter. What, what yeah, about, I don't, what about I don't, Shinjo? I don't think he was. What's that, Matt? You guys remember Shin, Shinjo? Not really. No. no? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll continue. The name is here. like the name is familiar, but I can't remember like anything about him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Ichiro and Matsui were like I mean Ichiro was way at the top and then yeah. Matsui was like a step below and then Shohei got it's probably between well I, I don't know I guess it's been on what you want right like yeah. do you want Ichiro who has 260 something hits a year do you want Shohei who can pop 40 something homers a year like right I mean Ichiro uh, legend you know legend says that he could have popped 40 homers right. a year if he wanted to but yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, I'm not a liar. So his fifth game of the season, <laughs> um, and it, well, I was right. So he Karsten started the game. He went out. Why was he? I thought he was a bullpen guy. Karsten gave up. I he, thought so. He faced two batters and gave up two hits. And the second second batter hit a liner off his shin, broke his leg, and then Agawa came in and pitched six two hit. Inning, you know, six innings of two hit ball against the Red Sox. Um, and right. that was it. Everything else kind of sucked. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you look at his, his er- earned runs in his other games, like seven, two, two, seven, eight, two, four, five, three, two, five. But he Ugh. had that one game where right. he didn't give up anything. So, yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, Hilarious. I'm glad I'm not yeah. crazy. Yeah. Good job. Good memory. <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I think I tried to black him out of yeah. <laughs> all my memories. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Was, was he worse than Carl Pavano? He he had to have been, right? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, did Pavano, like, even... How many pitches did he even fucking throw for us? I mean, I feel like he threw at least one full season or close to a full season. Let's see. And at least he had success before and after. The, you know, he's kind of like a... Not... Not exactly like Sonny Gray, but yeah, he did throw a hundred innings for us his first year, and then eleven innings and thirty four innings the next two years. So he didn't do much, but he he did get to a hundred innings that first year. So that's something, I guess. Yeah, what it, year was that? That was oh five, and uh, and his uh, let's see, his ERA was four seventy seven. His ERA plus was eighty nine, so he was not very good. <laughs> that year that he threw 100 innings yeah i mean he literally had like one legitimately good season in his career and that was 04 and and then we gave him that deal the only other year where he had an era plus that would put him like above average was 2000 with montreal but he only threw 97 innings uh Mm -hmm. literally and then actually you know what he was okay with minnesota in 2010 he was okay. I think he was. Yeah, I think he. I think he heated up at the end of 09, if I remember correctly. Um, 
the Twins were up one nothing, like in the seventh or eighth, and he was still pitching in Game Three at the at the old Metrodome when A Rod hit the tying homer or some something like that. One of his tying homers during that run um, to the to the World Series. So, because I just remember being so pissed off that Pavano was pitching well. <laughs> against, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, the Yankees. <laughs> I mean, uh... but. Uh, we're, uh, I got to say, I'm just reflecting that we're, uh, the fans are going to be happy. We're really bringing it tonight with the uh, Kayagawa Carl Pavano uh, <laughs> content. It's really good. Well, that's, we're setting up for the Juan Soto. Oh, no, okay. yeah. Come on, right. I want to talk about Esteban Loaiza. Come on. Oh, Loaiza. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for, for every Sean Chacon, there's an Esteban Loaiza. That's a deep cut yep. for all you Yankees fans. Oh, uh-huh. my God. Man, Matt, you, I feel like you would do really well on, on Immaculate Grid with some of these guys that you remember. I mean, fucking I, Jeff Karstens. Like, I remember the name, but I would not pull it yeah. out of my I brain. I do do very well on Immaculate Grid. Thank you very much. You, you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, I play all fairly right. often. And, yeah. Okay. Um, I'd say, on average, I can get about seven of the ten without look or seven of the nine without looking anything up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I, oh, I but you the will look, oh, see, I never look stuff up. I, I, yeah. I try to do it without looking anything up. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say I'm, I, I'm fairly good there. Again, random shit, but you know. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you're nailing it over there. Um, Actually, I got, I got, right. I just started playing New York Times Connections. What that, is that? I never one. even heard of this. No, what is that? Um, it's it's the new Wordle um, that I was unaware of until last week. Oh, um, okay. But they changed the name of it, but it's like the same thing. No, as no, no, no. It, it's just it's the new phenomenon that New York, the New York Times did. So it's oh, it gives you sixteen words, and you're supposed to make four groups of four words. Um, hmm. But they're like not always what you think. Like, okay. Um. So like they're 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 odd categories, but there's there's overlapping similarities that make you wonder. Like, okay, could this be this category? Like, it doesn't tell you the categories. You just have to do a word association and figure it out. Um, so like today's were like, um, let's see if I can get it up. New York Times. Also more thrilling content. You're welcome. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, Matt, Matt, while you're looking that up, Ethan, I want to pose a question to you. Okay. I already asked you partially this question in our text. You know, Soto goes to the Yanks and I asked you, does that change your opinion? I'm Brian Cashman, who you said you would, you you basically disowned on a <laughs> podcast uh, episode back in uh, October or so. What if the Yankees also get Yamamoto? What's what's your feeling about Cashman then? I mean, so you know, I think I think disown is maybe a little bit too too strong. I, I wouldn't say I disowned. <laughs> I mean, I you know, I, all I was saying, okay. Maybe I came off a little strong and it sounded like that. But my main point was that I had been Cashman's like staunchest defender for ages, right? Like I was the guy, not just on the pod, but just like, just in general. I mean, you guys know this and like so many Yankee fans shit on Cashman or are skeptical or whatever. And I was like, listen, Cashman has been amazing. All things considered, like if, if the Yankees got rid of him, like the rest of the league would would be desperate to to poach him. Like I I think he is. I think he's one of the best executives in the game. Right. Like I was his staunchest defender. Uh, the main thing 
with all of that was just, I was shocked at his comments, right, about the analytics and about G. And so I wouldn't say disown necessarily, but it just made me be like, okay, why have I been his staunchest defender? And he's going to come out and be a fucking moron like this. Like now, now I'm just going to kind of be like, okay, he's, he's a GM and he's going to make some good moves and some bad moves, but I'm not going to put in the effort to be his defender anymore. Not after that shit. Uh, now the Soto deal, I think is a great deal. If he gets Yamamoto, that's awesome too, but I'm still not going to go back to being as much of a, uh, a, a, a Cashman, um, fan Homer as, as I was before. I, I, I can't, you know, the G stuff, I understand maybe he was like fed up and whatever, but like, and apparently he smoothed things over with, with G's agent or whatever, supposedly, but the analytics comment, that's harder for me to get past to be, to be saying shit like that in 2023, I have a real hard time with. So yeah, getting Soto is awesome. And if he gets Yamamoto, awesome. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to stay here talking about how he's like the best GM in the game anymore. Cause, cause I'm, I'm, I'm too disillusioned from, from those, from those comments from the winter meetings. So the one thing that I've, as I've ruminated on it, like that, that doesn't make sense. The, uh, the analytics stuff just doesn't make sense to me is if, if you don't care about analytics and you've got a small department, then why did you hire Matt Blake? Right. Yeah, exactly. He is an or, analytics or genius. Or Dylan, from... Dylan Lawson. Right. I mean, wasn't yeah. The, the, yeah. So I don't know if it's just maybe maybe Cashman's playing 3D chess and we're we're stuck on 2D. I don't know. Maybe but. or maybe he's just frustrated. Maybe he like sees all of the stupid fucking Yankee fans bitching all the time. He's maybe he sees that shit on the internet and he just was really frustrated and he just lashed out. But it's not actually true. Like I I don't know. But either way, I was I just yeah. thought that that was not a, not a good look. I agree. Yeah. So, go, but if we Cashman get we can go jump off a building for all I care. He I wouldn't go. Year. He does it every year for charity. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, well, I wouldn't go that far. But, okay, that's pretty funny. But no, I mean, if we get Yamamoto, that'd be amazing. I also saw that there are rumblings that the Brewers are open to trading Corbin Burns um, mm-hmm. and that the Yankees might want to be in on that. Now, I don't know how much left we have in terms of making a big trade, right? But um, we have plenty. Stop. Stop prospect cradling. Yeah, you think for for somebody that burns his level, you think we can we can trade for Soto and Burns in the same off season? Yeah, get rid of either Volpe or Cabrera. Um, get rid of I don't know some someone else. Keep keep Dominguez because he can be a center fielder. But you would they, get rid of they, Volpe that that quickly. DJ's got to play somewhere. Oh my god! <laughs> are you trying to? Are you trying Just to make kidding. me like vomit all over the place? Just kidding! Jesus I got Christ! A, I got a good laugh. That's all I wanted. Uh huh. <laughs> Fucking a! My God! I don't know. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm sick of the prospect cradling. Yeah, no, I mean, I I feel that. No, and actually, you know, I agree with you. I I know I used to be much more into the prospect cradling, but I've kind of, I've and I've kind of come along. Uh, to your way of thinking though, Kyle, because, you know, I'm looking at the, um, I'm looking at the trade for Soto and I got to say, I'm perfectly happy with it. I'm not going to be missing any of, I mean, I'll miss Michael King a bit. I think he has a chance to be like a really good starter and he was an excellent reliever. Like I'll miss King, but the rest of that, like I am, I would make that trade a hundred times out of a hundred to get a year of Juan Soto. Absolutely. Now, did you hear there was a, an interesting wrinkle involving King with all this? Apparently, they cleared it with Garrett Cole first. 
Yeah, they're, mm. they're best friends. He yeah, was, they're he was really at, close. He was at King's wedding. Yeah, oh, I didn't really know close. that. Wow. Yeah. So that was an interesting yep. wrinkle. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, um, Ryan Hoke just posted a picture today from, I'm pretty sure it was this past weekend, the same same day Toddy and I got married, um, that uh, King and his wife got married. Yeah. And, and Cole was there. Okay, now, that's fascinating. But 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 while we're talking soda, I do want to say because I, I I took the screenshot mm-hmm. to bring up bring up for the podcast. This is not what's on the screen now, but so to put it, just about how good a deal it is and how we need to sign Soto. Four three stats that this this writer brought up that I should have cited their name, uh, but to put things in perspective, quote Soto Soto is younger than Adley Rutschman. Oh wow! And he already has six seasons under his belt. God, he has oh, a better shit. career OPS plus than Frank Thomas, Hank Aaron, Joe DiMaggio, and Willie Mays, oh, <laughs> among my many God. other Hall of Famers, and among the top ten st- statistical players similar to Soto through his age twenty four season are Harper, Frank Robinson, Trout, Griffey Jr., Miggy Cabrera, and Eddie Matthews. So, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, he's uh, fucking yeah. amazing. He's saying there's a chance he's going to make the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so as long as he doesn't prove to be one of these, you know, because every once in a while, especially with pitchers, uh, it seems, we get these guys who are just busts in New York. With, you know, they just can't handle the Yankees for whatever reason. As long as he is not that, as long as he, even if he's not spectacular this year, as long as it's just like a solid Juan Soto year, I want the Yankees to give him whatever. Like I want him for the yep. next ten years, absolutely. Fifteen yeah. years, like give him fifteen years and six hundred million if that's what it takes. Like, like, yeah. As long as he doesn't bust in New York, I mean, God, how 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 can you not want to get get him for the long run? I mean, he's yep. he's fucking amazing. And it's I like, think, I, sorry, go ahead, Matt. I think Boris is going to really push it though, because oh, I'm sure, and as he should. Soto, I mean, so I mean, how often do people? So this this season is going to be his age 25 season, I think, right? How often do superstars of that caliber hit free agency when they're like going into their age 26 season? I mean, yeah. it's it's Entering incredibly rare. Um, so like he he absolutely should hit the market and get as much as he can get, you know, a hundred percent. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because all these people are talking about like, oh, Juan Soto in 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 New York at Yankee Stadium with the short porch and right field. Oh, he's going to hit a million homers. But I'm sure you guys have seen this. If you look at his spray chart, it, it's like a work of art. He's not a yeah. now. Don't get me wrong. If he decides he wants to be a pull hitter, I'm sure he can, and I'm sure he can hit a bunch of homers. But like looking at his spray chart, he just hits it with power everywhere. It's like a thing of beauty. So I'm kind of just hoping he hits like maybe 25, 30 homers with like 40 to 50 doubles and walks 130 times and just does his thing and just, just hits it hard everywhere. Um, but, but we'll see. I'm, I'm really excited about, about Soto. Did you guys see the stat? I, I can't even remember who it was or how long ago it's been, but it's been several seasons since any Yankee has hit more than like 39 doubles in a season. And Soto, Grisham, uh, Verdugo. Did they sign one other player? There's like four guys on the team now who last year with, with their old teams hit more than that in doubles. Oh, is that right? Or something like yeah. that. So yeah. is that the new, is that the new, uh, hot topic stat now? Like, oh, <laughs> that's the new analytic trend. Yeah. We want doubles. 
You know, I think that doubles are underrated though. Like I think that we, we get caught up so much with like homers and shit, but just extra base hits in general, just doubles and triples, just people who can hit it hard into the gaps. Right. Mm-hmm. Is like so valuable. And I don't think we think about it enough, but like Freddie Freeman getting like 50, however many doubles he got last year, like, like that shit is really, really good and really valuable. So um, I personally think we should like be paying paying more attention to that. Yeah, but I think that does play into launch angle because like when you think about baseball when we were a kid, right, and you think about traditional doubles, doubles like in the gap, those were lower line drives, right? Like not, I mean, high enough to get over the, the shortstop's head or the second baseman's head, but you know, we're talking lower line drives, no chance to get out of the park or whatever. And that's just a rare thing these days because of the launch angle and right. the way that players are being taught yeah. to swing the bat and whatnot. So I don't, I don't exactly know how you reintroduce that skill, if you will. But yeah, it would be. I totally agree, though. Like, I mean, looking at total bases and, and everything, like that's that's always been a stat that I thought was really important, you know, for an offensive player. So. I, and I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's the whole like strikeout problem, though. You know, yeah. Baseball and, and just putting the ball in play in general. Right. Um, that that I think concerns people. But it was. I, I wish I could remember who the player was and how long it's been. But I was like, are the Yankees the only team that doesn't hit doubles, or is this like a, a trend across Major League Baseball? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> really interesting. <laughs> Right. Oh, you know what, Matt? I think I have seen this game before, maybe, but it's been a while. Um, really quickly, though, <clears throat> um, while we're on the Yankees, because we actually haven't texted about this, but I'm curious for your thoughts. So, when we traded for Verdugo, I was, I was, I looked at his. Um, I was just looking at his baseball reference page, just kind of reviewing like what he's done, right? Because the Yankees have been targeting him for like a long time. They've been wanting him. He's not that good. Like, like he's okay, but he's not that good. So what I want to know is, you know, right now, apparently, <clears throat> apparently the, 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 the Yankees said that they, they don't plan on trading him. Like they do plan on keeping him. Like, cause some people were thinking that they, they got him to use him as a trade chip, but mm-hmm. what I kind of would prefer now, Trent Grisham cannot hit at all, but he is like a really, really good defender. And as of right now, we're talking about putting Judge in center field, which is going to be a lot of wear and tear on a 32-year-old who is 6'7 and 280 pounds. Am I the only one who, like, I would rather get rid of Verdugo, get over their fucking obsession with him for whatever reason that is, put Grisham in center, put Soto in left, and put Judge in right, and GDHs, and that way we at least have, like, a really good defensive center fielder and we're not putting that that amount of strain on Judge. It seems like this isn't going to happen, but, like, why else? I mean, I guess Grisham is just going to be the fourth outfielder or whatever as of now, but as far as I'm concerned, I'd rather have him be the starter and have a really good D out there. <clears throat> Counterpoint, I wish they would just make G go away. <laughs> you, you just make... So, okay, but, well, that's the <laughs> other thing, though. Have you seen any of these articles lately about how apparently G is, like... He's like angry and he's like getting after it this off season and he really wants to. He's, yeah. He's apparently slimmed down big time. Which, which is so. awesome. And I, and I, I commend him for staying you know, hard at work. And I think, I hope it shows results in the field, but I feel like I can go back to, you know, 
fifty percent of the the previous off seasons he's been with the Yankees and find a similar article. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that isn't the, the. I don't know. I mean, I know they said this year he's focusing on athleticism. Like, yeah, <laughs> he needs to be able to run again. Right. Um. But I I don't know. Uh, I I saw an interesting, and this was just a writer stirring up shit and trying to posit a potential trade. But they were saying, trying to, they were saying we should trade G back to the Marlins for Jorge Soler. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw He's that. A free agent. Oh, then get rid of maybe it was get rid of him. And is he? I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. Okay, well, that was what they were talking about. Get you know, send, send I, I G did, back. I did saw Miami. that they were interested in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really, I, I don't know. I just I'd rather. At this point, I'd almost rather take a Verdugo with an OPS plus above 100 than a G with an OPS plus below. (laughs) Well, and Matt, I think you just answered the question for Ethan. I don't think there are any real suitors for G. I think he's determined to make it work in New York anyway. And I think there's a really good chance that he gets injured at some point. And so I think all this is a moot point because they will need that depth and I think they're just trying to have more major league depth versus like the Billy McKinney's and yeah, um, uh, Jake uh, Bowers of right. the past and everything that they, they sign on these minor league deals. Or even Carpenter, you hey, know. We've and, traded McKinney and Bowers. <laughs> I know, I know. They, they've, they've definitely gotten good value out of them. I, I totally understand that. But I, I think that I think it yeah. is just depth. And I think they're hoping that um, Dominguez comes back in, what, June? Or whatever I, th- I think is when he's uh, um, projected to oh, come wow. back. That's, but that's sooner than I thought. I thought it was going to be the whole year. Well, Harper came mm-hmm. back real quick, right? So maybe they're hoping Dominguez is going to do something similar, or may- maybe like our yeah, medical Harper, technology. Harper didn't just... play the field. Harper just hit. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know, but yeah, you know, I think I think Dominguez is part. I think Dominguez is like a Volpe where. They're like, he is part of the plan no matter yeah, what, yeah, you know, type thing. So, you know, I just, I just don't see them. I, I just, I, it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense because you, you just see the inevitable injury coming to somebody. If it's not G, it'll be someone else. And and if Judge they're all again. healthy, then, then they can rotate through and keep everybody fresh, you know, in, in theory. Right. Um, because, you know, hopefully you get a healthy Rizzo, you get a productive Torres, you get a productive Glaber, and you get a pr- DJ's the starting third baseman from what Booney said. So, yep. you know, there there you go. You 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 have your middle, the infield is all set. And, you know, wh- who is ever going to platoon with Trevino at catcher if that's going to be Austin, Austin Wells or, yeah, or, or whoever. Like, you know, so it's really the outfield where I think that DH spot in that rotation is going to come into play, but it's also the depth piece because if you start judge and center and Grisham gets the day off to start, you know, then you can move judge over to right later in the game and, you know, move, move Trent into center and, you know, take out Verdugo or, you know, whatever it is. Like it, it does give Boone some flexibility yeah. that I don't I, know I just, that he's had in a while. I'd just love to see the DH spot open for Rizzo for a day or DJ for a day, right? Or judge for a day. Yeah. Like I'd hate to, I'd love to give him a chance out of the field. But like, why, why does a Rizzo need DH? He's a first baseman. 
every once in a while you get beat up. Well, I know. I'm just I'm worried about his concussion. Yeah, I'm worried about his recovery yeah. from that. I I just I after the way the Yankees handled it this year and just like totally shit the bed on it. I'm I'm just hoping that his recovery is, is being handled properly because he was playing so well before that happened. Like he was hitting the snot out of the ball last year. Um, yeah. So, and he and he he was 33 last year. This is gonna be his age 34 season coming up. You know. Um, yeah. So I really hope he's gonna be okay. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so how about Shohei? I mean, conspiracy awesome. theory is. He timed his contract, his deferred payments to start up. Rate is Bobby Bonilla's deferred payment stopped. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he he just was dead set on having Shohei Otani Day in, instead of Bobby Bonilla Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it was so funny. Um, so I do want to. I'm going to share one more thing. Give me a second, because I want to talk through with you guys time value of money. Oh boy, here we go. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Let's see. Share a window. Okay. Also, while, while Matt's doing that, uh, definitely, I agree, Ethan. I would have done that trade 100 out of 100 times. I think Soto's going to have a really good year. I think the Dominican presence in New York is, is something he's excited about, and I think will actually help him yeah. with you know, some of the pressures. and There will be like fans so. going crazy for him like at every home yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I think we've seen that, you know, with our with the Japanese players who've come over, for example, like with Tanaka, with Matsui, and everything. Like they they didn't fold under the pressure, right? So yeah, I I don't I don't see it's it's just more you know it's he's a Boris client, so we're not getting an extension now. We're not going to get one mid season. Like it's going to be you know go through the season and keep your fingers crossed that if he has a good season that we can dish out the 400 mil or whatever it's going to take to sign him. Oh, I think it's well. going to be at least 500 at this point mm. with like inflation and everything, the way that we're, I mean, Mike Trout got 426, however many years ago that was. And, and yeah. what Soto, did Judge, get? Judge got 360, but he was already like 30 or 31. Um, yeah. So Soto being yeah, like 25 or 26, I think, I think Soto is going to end up getting 500 with people bidding for him. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said before, if he wants long, long term, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets up to six hundred. But obviously, we'll yeah. we'll find out. Hey, in maybe year, but... maybe they defer a bunch of money, like yeah. our friend Shohei. Exactly. All right, Matt. Um, yeah. So I try to explain this to you guys in text, but th- if you think about it this way, right? If if you give me a you know, think about us twenty years ago when a dollar in your pocket could buy a twenty ounce Coke out of a vending machine. Um. And a dollar now, you need you need two dollars to buy that same Coke out of the vending machine now, right? Twenty years later, right? If you gave me two dollars now and said in twenty years, how many Cokes can you buy with this two dollars? It's probably not going to be one Coke. It's probably going to be less than that. Um, so this this is trying to figure out basically for all the deferred money that he's going to make in years eleven from twenty from now. What is it actually worth in today's dollars? And and it's you know obviously you can't predict a lot of this. You get a lot of it relies on the math behind the discount rate, which I don't understand how to explain to you guys. But basically, that's that's a, a amalgamation of in, interest rates and inflation and what you kind of project the value of money moving forward. But mm-hmm. the idea is at a discount rate of four point four percent, which is what at John Becker uses here. Um, 
10 years from now, or, you know, 10 to 20 years from now, that $68 million is actually worth $44 million in today's money, accounting for inflation and the fact that prices go up. And the fact that if you took that $44 million and invested it at a discount rate of 4.4%, you probably could turn it into $68 million in 10 years. Um, okay. So if you're looking at it in terms of, even though that number is huge, right, that $700 million number is huge, because it's pushed so far in the future, what would you need to actually spend and actually write down today, whether you're investing it or you're buying an annuity, to guarantee that $70 million a year? 10 to 20 years from now. And that's the idea that, that they're getting at right here. So mm. AAV, if you look at here, it's average mm. annual value. So um, if the present value of that 68 million is actually $44 million, you know, 68 million 10 years from now is estimated to be $44 million in today's value. Plus the $2 million salary they're going to pay him. You know, and then you multiply yeah. that by the 10 years of his contract. It means his, his, you know, you're looking at his contract is close to a $500 million contract which is what a lot of people thought he was going to make in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's almost like Shohei said, I want a $500 million contract. Pay me, you know, pay me 10 years from now with interest. What does that come to? Like, mm. and here's what you get. Um, That's really interesting. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that is the genius behind what Los Angeles did. And it's what you saw the Mets do. And that's why Bob, Benito, like, um, with the whole Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme back in the day and the old Mets owners, right? They thought that, well, if I yeah. if I defer this money far enough out and I've got a great investment where I can park the money that I would pay him now in this investment, I can make money on that money and then pay him less than what it's actually worth in the future. Um, spoiler alert, it didn't work as a Ponzi scheme. Um, <laughs> and, you know, where, why, why you think, well, that might be not be advantageous for the player. Um, it is in the sense that, Bobby Bonilla has had guaranteed income yeah. years and years and years after he's playing. So a million dollars is still a fucking lot of money. And yeah. he, you know, so yeah. he doesn't have to worry about um, wasting his money or losing his money. He's got that guaranteed income for another 10 years. Right. So that is where it's advantageous for the player. Um, and, and their players taking on some risk, but the team is taking on risk. Um, now, if you look at all the deferred money that the um, Dodgers have, I saw a graphic on it. I think between Freeman, Betts, and Otani, they're going to, you know, the, the 2035 Mets are going to be paying, excuse me, Mets, the 2035 Dodgers are going to be paying $80 million a year yeah. to players that aren't even playing. Oh, I saw so that, yeah, that is, yeah. That is <laughs> a difficult part. You know, that that, that is part of the gamble, right? Um, but if they can use their clout and their bank, and yeah. their marketability and their TV contracts to, you know, make sure they take care of that as a liability on the books. It's going to be worth it for them. And I think that is, yeah. you're going to see a lot of changes in the next round of collective bargaining because of this, right? I'm, I'm assuming there are plenty of other owners who are just pissed off about this. Um, you know, some who are rightfully pissed off like the other big spenders and some who I don't think are, are rightfully pissed off, but are just small market teams that are milking money out of the system anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, right, you know, you, you look at Shohei's annual or total value of its contract is worth more than a number of teams are entirely. Like, I think his contract alone is worth more than the Reds. Um, wow. So, you, you know, 
that's going to make someone like the Reds pissed off and say we could never do something like this. But oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's well, that... math with Matt. To all of our math wizards out there, I'm probably wrong. I haven't taken my corporate business finance class since 2012, so I probably I probably butchered something. Please <laughs> feel feel. Uh, free to write me all your comments at ethan.earths at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> uh, that is your actual email. I'm sorry. There, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no dot. Ah, okay. <laughs> he wants people to know. All six of our fans are welcome to email me anytime they want. Well, that's the hidden, you know, the hidden trick of G- Gmail accounts, right? Like is, the dots don't actually matter. Is that right? Dots don't matter. So yeah. If if you put Rudy dot sixty six in there, it's the same as Rudy sixty six. So oh okay, oh. yeah, that's funny. It's a great way though, if you want to register multiple accounts to like get like contest entries or something, though, you know. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Well, and like the what you said, Matt, I think is definitely true. Where the owners, especially the quote unquote small market owners, are going to be pissed off about that, but. The hard part about all of this is you got to get the players to buy into a new CBA that doesn't allow for something like this, and to get the players to agree on it. I don't think it's going to happen, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> especially when Shohei was one that came and said, "Hey, let's do this," right? Like, yeah, right. That, again, and that—that's the brilliance of it all. That's the the frustrating thing, but also the brilliant thing. So uh, they're they're definitely set up, especially when you add Glass now in the mix. Um, you know, you've got Walker Buehler coming back. You've got um, what? Uh, who's the Gonsolin. young prospect they got coming up? Plus Mookie, plus Freddie. Like they still need to there. shore up pitching, though. Even with Buehler coming yeah. back and Gonsolin coming back and whoever else, like you don't know what you're going to get. But as long as they can get like a somewhat reliable starting rotation, I wonder if they go out and get somebody like like Jordan Montgomery or something. If they can yeah. get themselves like three really solid, reliable starters, it's it's hard to imagine how they get beat. Except for the fact that, like as we have seen, the playoffs are crazy. I mean, the Braves last year, who were one of the greatest offenses in history, who also had a really solid rotation, lost in the first round. Right? I mean, it could be that in a second short round. oh second round in a short series, it could be that like Otani, Betts, and Freeman all go cold and, and and you lose three out of four games and boom, you're gone. Right. So, so you, you know, you never know, but like, God, the, that Dodgers lineup, especially if they do shore up that rotation looks fucking looks scary. Yeah. And especially if like Lux comes back and that's it's healthy and, that's right. and good. Yeah. Yeah. Although frankly, to yeah. be honest with you, I still see the Braves as being a better team and a scarier team. Like that top yeah. three for the Dodgers is amazing and historic and like really fun and cool for baseball. But like in terms of an overall team, I still see the Braves as being the best team in the major leagues, like by a solid margin, uh, well, just like last in, year. In, in Mr. Anthopolis, that's how you say his name. He's yeah, doing his Alex thing still, right? Like he's building the exact team he wants through trades. Uh, we, we brought up Matt Carpenter earlier, right? They 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 basically took his player option this year. Um, they, they traded for him to get another pitcher with the trade, and then cut him right away. So they yeah. they told they told San Diego, okay, we'll we'll take him, we'll take his contract, we'll still pay it all, even though they cut him, um, and because we want this other pitcher. So like, yeah, they, they've been very very active on the trade market to build the bullpen they want. Um, yeah, including trading yeah. away some, as Colin was saying, don't cradle these prospects, some formerly highly touted prospects who have 
had difficulties here. Like basically, mm-hmm. hey, what have you done for me now? If you if you're not performing in these past two years, if you're injured, whatever, good luck. Go make your go make your name with another team. Um, but you know we're going to trade you UA as an asset while there's still value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I feel like the Tigers had a pretty solid homegrown core when they had, you know, their nice little run there in the mid to late 2000s. Uh, obviously, the Yankees had their dynasty with with Mo and the core four and Bernie and everybody. But like, come on, really? How often are your core players homegrown players? Mm-hmm. That that take you all the way for a championship. To a smaller extent, Strasburg and Harper. Oh no, Harper was gone by the time they won. Harper was gone. Oh, yeah. never mind. Oops. Yeah, so it was Yay, just Philadelphia. Just Strasburg. Ryan Zimmerman might have still been on that team. I think he R- was. Rodon was Rodon before mm-hmm. his you know joints started yeah. failing and his legs fell off and his he forgot to play baseball. Mm-hmm. I think Rodon or Rodon. Wait, wait, is that his name? Rodon. No, I mean, Rendon. Were, Rendon yeah. Excuse me. Oh, Rendon. you're thinking of Anthony Rendon. Rendon. That's yeah. who you're oh, thinking Rendon. of. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rendon. Oh. Rendon's basically had the baseball, the his health and baseball ability sucked out of him like a Space Jam character. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I just, well, he went to the Angels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they gave him an insane field. contract too. But yeah, yeah, I guess he was maybe the closest they have to a, a homegrown core, right? Like. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying in general. How often does it, what the Yankees had in that dynasty? How often does that happen? Not even just the the dynasty itself in terms of four championships in five years, six appearances, six appearances in eight years, but I'm talking about like a a core of like four to six players who are homegrown that bring you home a championship. Maybe those Giants teams, Posey. Who uh, who would have been the other guys? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and like, but this is what I'm saying. Like the and even even those um, those Yankee teams, like they had Matt. What you were just describing with the Braves and like them going after the depth and like taking on contracts to get the pieces that they want and dumping play. Like that was that was the recipe for the Yankees in the '90s. You know that they did that all the time. You know, type thing. So I, I just like that's the part where I'm like, why why do teams get so hung up on trying to build like a core of four to six players to build around when you can go out and get a proven player like it and it you just you 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 almost have to be you have to be like Anopolis is and be aggressive because you can't wait for a player to hit free agency anymore. Well, so I was going to say it, it, it's cheaper. That's why teams do it. It's cheaper to right. try and right. build a core. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. 100% agree. Yes. And and I get that. Like you need some flexibility and, and you need you need players to come up and be serviceable and contribute and things like that. But I don't know. I it just I just feel like there is a disconnect between how to actually build a championship team. Like look at look at the Phillies. You know, like they went out and got dudes and like totally changed the fortune of their their franchise. Like they maybe they were a good example of a homegrown core 
that won a championship, right? With like Rollins and Utley and Hamels and um, Shit. I don't know. Maybe there was one other person. My argument know, just fell but, apart because I was going to say Euclid, Pedroia, Papelbon, Veritek. But that was a good one for the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I almost was, I, I was going to say Ortiz, but I forgot they got him from Minnesota. Nope. Yeah. Before he started mm-hmm. doing the steroids. Steroids. <laughs> Just yep. for all our fans out there, look at David Ortiz when he played at in Minnesota versus when he played in. <laughs> and isn't it? Oh, and isn't anyway. it so interesting that he and he was also listed in the Mitchell report, and yet he was elected mm-hmm. to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. Mm-hmm. But like all the rest of the steroid guys are like not in. Like, why is it that David Ortiz got the pass? Like, it makes no fucking sense. I have no idea. He's like. Obviously, he was a great hitter, but he is half the athlete that A Rod ever. Oh my god! Was. Yeah, and I'm just like, not even close. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it Four drives bonds. me crazy. Outside yeah. of outside of 1999, where he played 10 games and had a negative 43 OPS plus, he has never had a he never had an OPS plus below 100 though the rest of his career, which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. In in 19 other seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just said he was a great hitter, but yeah. he could not play the field. Yeah, no, to save his life. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing compared to somebody like Bonds no, or A Rod. He looked yeah, like his his he, value was. I mean, yeah, he he had a lot of value as a hitter, but I just first ballot and being connected to the Mitchell Report. Yeah, and then a Bonds and a A Rod and Clement and all these people that we talked about ad nauseum. Yeah, like makes no sense. Yeah, it's so dumb. Yeah, baseball, baseball, uh, the baseball writers, the voters for the for the Hall of Fame, they cannot fucking figure their shit out. They don't know. How, they don't know how what long, they how many, think. How many rounds did it take for Martinez to get Eggert Martinez to get elected? Because remember, there was like the whole big debate about him, you know, just being primarily a DH. Yeah. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Say his say his first name again. Edgar. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was good that time. Okay, I thought you said Edgar like um, like. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's wife in Men in Black. Egger. 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 Yeah, the, the D was not clear. That's what I said. The D okay, was not okay, clear okay. the first time. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. okay. Valedict going away now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, I will say while well, I'm being a Valedict, um, Yamamoto. Moto, like motorcycle. You were saying Yamamoto, like tomato or clamato. Uh, yeah, I think I changed when I when I heard Ethan say it. Okay, though. okay, good. I yeah. said Yamamoto. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cal- I know. Cal- oh, Cal- so I'm Yamamoto. I, oh, okay. I heard you say it. because yeah, I'm, I'm being I'm, like, I'm being valid dick okay. now. I'm being valid dick. Okay. I see. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, yeah. fucking Mike Schur and, and Joe Paz still call – I can't even – how do they say Glaber's name? Oh, Glaber. Mike Schur says Glaber <laughs> Torres. And it's weird because yeah. Mike Schur is like he's a valid dick type person. Like he <laughs> – like he, he is so, – he is he is neurotic and and like type A and a and a and a know it all smarty pants and everything, and I don't under and he's such he's such a crazy like detailed like obsessive baseball fan, it, and, and such a and such a Yankee hater like the Yankees are like he thinks about the Yankees more than he thinks about his wife and kids right like by <laughs> by his own admission what is happening to these like. And 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 he still doesn't know how to pronounce Glaber Torres. He says Glaber Torres. It makes no sense at all. Um, I know we could keep talking about the Mitchell Port and and Soto and Otani for all night, but I wanted to 
before we before we leave tonight, I wanted to mix it up. As long as you guys are okay with this. Uh-huh. So my thought was, um, and we've done this before, something similar, but, but we're going to go back. We're going to go back to this well. Um, tell me either like your favorite Christmas memory or your favorite Christmas dessert or dish. And and I'll, I'll start to give you guys some, some thoughts, uh, you know, Christmas dish. Um, there's so many, so many runners up. I mean, I've got, um, my, my wonderful girlfriend made quiches that we have in the freezer for Christmas morning already. I'm already looking forward to that. Oh yeah. Um, nice. Christmas quiche. Yeah. Oh man. They smelled so good. Uh, every time I go out to the, the fridge in the garage, I get a whiff of them. I'm like, oh, I want that right now. Um, there's like Christmas morning French toasts. Um, one year we did like chili Christmas and my mom just made like four kinds of chili and just put crock pots on everyone. It was like, go at it. Like I'm, I'm not making, you know, the dishes for everyone, for the cousins when they come over. Let's just have chili and be happy. Um, <laughs> you know, there's always my Aunt Debbie's cookie tray. I mean, my, my mom and dad do their cookies wonderfully, but my Aunt Debbie does a, a big spread, too. She makes those, like, chocolate things where you smush a Rolo on it, on a pretzel with an M&M, and it's like, well, it's like chocolate caramel M&M pretzel. Mm. <laughs> it's like a take-five bar all in one. Those are always delicious. Uh, Christmas memory-wise, um, there's a couple. Of, I still remember getting my first bike. And like it was, dad had them assembled in the garage. Um, didn't, I, I noticed that morning that the, you know, something was up, but I didn't realize it. That was a big one. Or, um, the first video game system we got where yeah. the, like stashed behind the tree was an unmarked box with the Sega Saturn. And my parents just gave each, my brother and I, a game that was wrapped up. And they said, all right, like, they're like, oh, there's your Sega Saturn. Like, Merry Christmas. And, like, my brother and I were just confused. Like, we, what, this is just a game. This is a CD. Like, where is it? And, you know, finally, after minutes of torture or what seemed like hours of torture, my dad's like, oh, there's this box behind the, the, the tree. Um, but it's okay. I got my dad back a couple years ago. I gave him a very nice bottle of bourbon, a, a Pappy Van Winkle bottle a couple years oh, ago. Wow. I had one and um, did the same thing to him, wrapped it up in someone else's wrapping paper, hid it someplace else and said, oh, what's this, Dad? Like, open it up. What's this? And uh, he immediately said, how much did you spend on this? And I <laughs> did kind of not to know what he was talking about. So <laughs> what about you guys? Uh. <clears throat> An actual meal, I, I don't have anything that's coming to mind, but my grandma Ziggy, my dad's mo mom, uh, made Italian pepper cookies, and I used to, I, she used to hide them, uh, not just from me, but from uh, e everyone in our family, because they were so fucking good. And I knew exactly where they were. So, like, when we would get to Scranton, <laughs> I would go down into the basement, like, after I said hi to everybody, and just take as many as I could before everyone else uh, got to them. <laughs> that's a very, that's a very, you know, fat little bat thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yep. Yep. And Matt, you know, my love for cookies. So yes. uh, it, it was, it started early. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So actually I just made my first pepper cookies this year and the first batch didn't come out 
as good as I wanted it to. And I think I know exactly what I did wrong, but I made a second batch on Monday with Stella and uh, it's, it's incredibly good. It's just, just like, and I used my grandma's recipe. Um, I just, oh, it's so good. I can't wait to eat another one. So that, that's my dish, if you will. And then Matt, same thing when I was a kid, except my parents had, it was a super Nintendo system and they had it on a, uh, like a a bench, I guess, uh, with wheels, um, but they had a blanket over it <laughs> and everything. So, like, they had it all set up with the TV and everything and maybe a couple games. Probably it was, like, Donkey Kong, I think, and Mega Man X, maybe maybe right, a couple other. My mom ones. got it used from, from a co-worker um, and everything. But uh, that, was, that was so fun. More recently, and I know... I'm kind of bending the rules here, but um, we just we just got another kid to her first birthday today, and um, so you know Aria, her birthday is on the twentieth. It's you know oh, pretty close I to know. Christmas, obviously, but um, that's that's always going to be a really special. Um, that's not bending Christmas-y the rules. That's that's good. that's not bending the rules. <laughs> yeah, sweetest, truly like the sweetest little girl in the entire world. If she gets Stella smarts she's she's going places like the it's 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 a good future for her but um it was it was nice to be able to celebrate stella's got a fever right now so um it's it was it was a little bit of a wild day trying to do all the birthday stuff and keep stella away and she was upset about it and everything but um yeah uh that's that's my more recent like yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Speaking of cookies, I tried a new version of the mint chocolate mint chocolate chip cookies this year. Mm. I didn't make them before I sent you guys your boxes, but I, I will make them again. I I ate all of the ones that I made. Um, what what was different? <laughs> um, so the original trick that my dad came up with, or the original recipe, had that those Hershey's mint chips that you mm. melt and stirred in. You melt the chocolate and stir it right into the cookie dough batter. And then you put mm. the additional chips in at the end. That was like the original trick. And then Hershey doesn't make those chips anymore. Right. So what right. I had done the past couple of years is I found like this Icelandic <laughs> mint dark chocolate bar that I would melt that and mix it into the. And then I put the Andes pieces in the the for the chips. Um, this year I just melted regular Ghirardelli chocolate chips and stirred them, mm. and I added peppermint ash- extract instead. So I was like so concerned because they didn't look the same. They were right. like not as dark. And, and Sam had to remind me like, well, you're not using dark chocolate this year, you, you know, dope. Like you put milk chocolate in there with the extract. And like I tasted it and I was like, oh, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this year it's peppermint extract um, okay. to give that, that minty mm-hmm. dough flavor. So Nice. Is that like a, a powder? Or something. Um, no, it looks spice. it looks like um, vanilla, like vanilla extract that you put in, like liquid. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's liquid. Okay. It's clear instead of uh, amber. Okay, cool. Um, it smells nice. like concentrated peppermint, which is exactly yeah. what it is. But um, it was good. It, it worked out well. So uh, next, I'll probably make another batch before this, the winter's over, and I'll make sure you guys get some. Hell yeah, that sounds awesome. Um. So my lamp light bulbs went out just as Matt was asking the question and I got distracted. But the so just to just to clarify, the question was like favorite Christmas meals? Um dish, meal, dish. cookie, dessert. Okay. Was and, there a gift and or memory? 
and or memory. Okay. Um, all right. Um, <clears throat> this is very interesting. Um, Ethan hates Christmas. He's a Grinch. <laughs> I am a Grinch, but I like the holidays. I like the holidays. I like the spirit and the decorations and people are usually like kind of cheery and stuff. Um, food. There's, there's, there's only a couple of things that come to mind. Um, my dad makes these cookies. My dad's actually an excellent baker. Um, and he makes like homemade pies. He like makes the crust himself and he makes cookies and, and it's all really good. And he makes these cookies that are like my mom's favorites of all time. And, and they're really delicious. Uh, the, the family refers to them as, as the big O's and, um, it's a chocolate cookie and there's walnuts inside the cookie. And then there's uh, a couple of mini marshmallows on top and then chocolate frosting on top of the marshmallows. Ooh. And I'm not like even that into marshmallows. What's that? It's like a Rocky Road Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's a good oh, way to describe it. that sounds delicious. Yeah. And I'm not really into marshmallows, but like that cookie is, is like really good. Um, that's a delicious cookie. And then um, the other meal story that I will tell is what I now refer to as the, the great... Um, or shall we say horrible slash infamous, the, the smoked paprika incident of 2022. Um, so <clears throat> my, my partner, uh, went back East to visit, uh, my family with me last, last winter for the holidays. Right. And, uh, and we decided that we wanted to make a dish for my family. That's it's called Logmon. I don't think I told you guys this story. Did I? Maybe, maybe I, I don't know if I texted you about it back then, like a year ago or whatever. Okay, so there's this Central Asian dish called lagman, and it's like kind of a noodle dish with, um, it's almost like, it's like kind of stewy almost. It's like basically noodles um, with a bunch of veggies and some meat, but like the seasonings are what kind of make it distinctive, right? The seasonings are kind of uh, what you would find in, in, in Central Asia. And... Um, so we're, we're, we, we went to this like local Asian grocery store and we got all like a ton of ingredients and we got like a bunch of, a bunch of like pork bones to like make a really delicious broth and like all of this stuff and like a bunch of Asian vegetables. And we're like really, really excited. We get back and we start cooking and everything and we're going through and we're getting the, the spices and everything. And my partner asks me to get some paprika. And I took out the paprika and the smoked paprika that my parents had. And when we were actually cooking the dish and, and she needed the, the, the spice to put it into the actual dish, I handed her the smoked paprika because in my stupid uh, fucking Neanderthal mind, I thought that smoked paprika and paprika were the same thing. And, uh, <laughs> and then eventually we, you know, hours later, this dish is like fucking laborious and we made a giant portion. Hours later, we finally sit down and we eat and we take our first bite and we're like, hmm. It's, it's really smoky. That's, that's, that's weird. Why is it so smoky? And I was like, well, I, I, I mean, I gave you the smoked paprika. I think, I think, I mean, isn't it that, isn't that what you wanted? And, and then, and then that was when we, we realized the, the, the enormous blunder that I had made. Um, so anyways, that for, for everybody listening, you know, if, if you didn't know, smoked paprika is different from regular paprika and, um, smoked paprika has a really strong taste. So don't fuck that up. Um, but I am going to, we, we made a really great batch of Logmon recently. And, and I was saying that we maybe, uh, we should make that like our new Christmas Eve tradition. So I think we're going to, on Christmas Eve, we're going to make a, <laughs> we're going to make a batch of Logmon, but this time, uh, we're not, we're not going to, I won't fuck up the seasoning. So hold, hold the um, smoked paprika, hold yeah. the smoked paprika. Exactly. So, um, that, that, that is what comes to mind, even though that's not like a long tradition or anything from childhood. That's like, when you talk about Christmas meals, I think of that, um, yeah. 
The other thing that I thought of thinking of like Christmas memories and holiday memories is the fact that like, um, have I told the story about me believing in Santa? Have I told that story on the pod? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah. I don't need to tell that story again. But what I was just thinking about right now is how weird it is. I'm wondering what the, like the Venn diagram is of people who don't believe in God, but do believe in Santa. Because when I was a kid, that was me. Like, <laughs> like I did not believe in God. I grew up without religion. Nobody taught me to believe in God. I didn't believe in God. But I believed fervently in Santa until I was, I don't know, eight or whatever. And, and, and my dad finally broke the news. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm very curious now. Uh, there, there, there must be others out there, but um, I, f- I feel like it's probably not not too many people uh, in in that in that category. Um, but yeah, that's that's what came to mind. <laughs> Good stuff, uh-huh. as always. Uh-huh. All right, boys. Well, if you can believe it, the next time we do this. Ugh. It'll be 2024, Ugh. and Terrible. not not only will it be 2024, but we will have done a podcast together in the year of 2021, 22, 23, and now 24. Wow, like, I can't believe it's been going on this long. <laughs> I'm shocked, really. Yeah. People love us. I thought it was going to happen like once. Colin bugged us about it for so long, and I was like, that's so dumb. I figured we'd do it once, and then I'd be like, okay, all right. And here we are. I, I remember I remember that first time in, in my spare bedroom slash office slash beer storage room in Kentucky, and I was like, oh, that was actually a lot of fun. I don't even know what we talked about. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Colin's onto something. Shit. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Wait, wait. Was that was that the test one that yeah. we did? Like it was like years a year before, before everything else. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that was like we were still in Syracuse. Yeah. So, did we do a test one that long ago? Yeah. Holy yeah, like 20, shit! Twenty seventeen. It was. Oh, it was. So it would have been like in Rochester still. Yeah. Holy fuck! Yeah. Okay. That's we, really we funny. We did it on Skype. <laughs> okay. Well, we've 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 come a long way. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Just think about all the fucking nonsense that we could have talked about for five additional years. Yeah, if yeah. We had just, if we had just done it. If I had just listened to you and not resisted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just means it organically grew even better. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, uh, um, happy holidays to everyone out there. Do you guys have any uh, any shout outs you want to do? Hmm. I'll give a shout out to both of you. It's uh, been a difficult year for a lot of different reasons, uh, but this has definitely been a lot of fun for me when we have been able to do it and just a, an escape and and being able to just be with you guys. I and mean, just it just makes me happy. So um, no no jokes. Um, you know, just really happy nice. to be able to continue to do this with you guys and um i'll send you a pic when i'm at hopefully when i'm at the peach bowl on december 30th in atlanta oh hell yeah mm, okay i, I didn't realize you're going down that's pretty sweet <laughs> yeah yeah i think i'm gonna as long i was looking at tickets the other day and they're under 100 um not in the penn state <laughs> section but you know i don't really care and how far atlanta's um, not too far right uh, it's like four hours, yeah. and it's a noon kick, oh, so fuck yeah. I can do it a day trip, and I, I already talked to Toddy about it, yeah, so you should definitely as long go. as the tickets stay down, 
I'm doing a, a resume review right now for somebody and um basically I'll I'll be able to pay for the ticket and the, the parking um with that. So is, is like, that the Mercedes Benz dome? Uh Georgia what or um yeah, Atlanta yeah. the Okay, you got the, you got uh, Falcons. I want you to go to the concession stands and mm-hmm. research the prices. Because of of all of them, oh no! Just just go to a concession stand, right? It is Arthur Blank's big thing was like going to the going to the game with your family shouldn't cost you five hundred bucks in food, like mm, okay. So his big thing is like you know beer is like four bucks or whatever, or five bucks, uh, hot dogs two. Oh, bucks, that'd be great! Know? Oh wow! I want I want the research. I want yeah, I want a report, yeah. That report. Yeah, I mean every time I see an NFL beat writer talk about the stadium, I mean they they rave about it. It's it's supposed to be amazing. So that's another reason I want to go. It's just because I've I've heard it's really you know cool experience. But it's just, it's so rare that Penn State plays within four hours of me. So yeah, like I and a bowl game as long too. as the yeah yeah no New Year's Six bowl big game, yeah big bowl game that. yeah yeah so um, yeah that'd be that'd be awesome. Yep. All right, boys. Any shout outs from you? Hmm. Uh, Jerry Duplantis of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, just give you a shout out. All right. <laughs> Way to go, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know where this came from. I'm just trying to be an asshole and an idiot. No elaboration? <laughs> Is that a oh, all right. no, no explanation? Okay. I was just going to let it go and not even. <laughs> I mean, that would have that would have that would have sealed the joke, but you know, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I should I should have just been silent. Yeah, I can't keep my mouth shut. That's all right. <laughs> all right, we did it. We did it. Merry See you Christmas, in 2024. guys. We are yeah. lame. See you in 2024. Are lame. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.